White hot faith. But I love this quote from James Dunn. He says, Spirit and sonship, sonship and spirit are but two aspects of the one experience out of which Jesus lived and ministered. What he's saying is, uh, it is Jesus' experience of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in his life. It is Jesus' experience of his intimacy and relationship of love with the Father out of which he ministered. You don't go beyond this. This is, you don't, you know, unless, unless this has got a hold of our lives, everything else is pointless. Something grips us, both to transform us inwardly and to empower us to make a difference in the world. Otherwise, we're just trying to sell McDonald's hamburgers or we're just angry young men and women. Something has to touch us experientially. And all the great movements, even you think, well, what about the Reformation? It's all about theology. You, know? you look at the struggle of Martin Luther, trying to, not just a doctrine, but he's trying to understand, you know, how can a just God love me? And it's out of his personal wrestle, and there was study involved, and there was all that, but it's very much a struggle to understand the nature of God for Martin Luther. And that experience he had of God as he wrestled with God, as he wrestled with the scriptures, wrestled with all the great issues, uh, transformed um, not just him, but uh, the world around him. Being with Jesus, this is the heart of ministry, just making the same point again. What is it about the early church and the early church leaders? It's not how well educated they are. They take note that these men had been with Jesus. Now, it might sound very simplistic to say that, okay, to start at this point. And it is simplistic, and it is profound. Jesus, as the founder of the movement, is he, the reason he, he died on the cross was to bring us into the relationship of intimacy and empowerment that he had. So you don't get... You get an institutional organisation if we have to control it from the top. You get a dynamic movement if the experience that Jesus had of God the Father, God the Holy Spirit is now diffused throughout the whole world to any one of his followers who open their lives to it. And that's, that's the bushfire contagious impact. Um, that doesn't mean we can't mess it up. It just is a really good head start. How do we go deeper? How do we get to this white hot faith? I, it's just two points here. I've simplified it down. You've got to have a crisis, and that's a surrendered life. Either a crisis of a power encounter, which we saw in Pentecost, or a crisis of life is really awful, <laughs> or both. Okay, so crisis doesn't always have to be bad. It could be a great crisis, but generally, somehow in the midst of all that, it's experiencing God's power as we come to an end in ourselves. So there's a crisis, there is a moment aspect to this, and there's a process side to it. Some of us are crisis people, I live most of my life just on the crisis side of things. And then I've got medication and I'm a little bit more settled. You think, you think I'm joking! <laughs> Tell them later. And then there's process, which is living a disciplined life. And we'll talk a bit about both of those things. That's how you get to white hot faith. This is the crisis side. It's about surrender. I mean, what do you see there? I mean, the guy with the hands up. Powerless. Powerless, yeah. yeah. He's at a dead end. Yeah. Now, the good thing is, um, 
God doesn't necessarily isn't just sitting there with a with a rifle point. He's not about to pull the trigger. But uh, this is where it begins, and this is not just sure. I've learned this from patterns of history and patterns in the scriptures, but this is a very personal thing. We have to come to this point again and again and again. That's three. If you want to change the world, you've got to be changed, and nobody gets past this lesson. Okay, I love this quote. At the point of surrender, a person makes a complete renunciation of confidence in self and claims a total reliance upon the presence and power of God. Set sonship and empowerment clean. It's not feeling bad about yourself as though I'm, you know, because there's a positive side to this. It's the confidence we have in God. And uh, so there's the, the point of crisis, the point of surrender, of knowing ultimately this has got to be a work of God. And then, uh, why don't you just take a moment, turn to the person next to you, and just share your response to the issue of uh, surrender, what that means for you right now. Just take a couple of minutes. What does that mean for you? Just with one other person on your team. So let's talk a little bit about process. And uh, so I have been a crisis person most of my life, but now I'm learning about the process side. Talking a bit about spiritual disciplines. And a very simple definition there, human activities that put us within earshot of God. Or within a heartbeat of God. That's the goal of the disciplines. And you should read a bit of Richard Foster. Read some John Piper about being a Christian hedonist. And get excited again that they're not just, you know... Remember my, uh, my kids all saying, you know, I hate the word discipline. You know, So maybe it's a pattern or a way of life. Um, not just an end in themselves, but the goal is the experience of God. Principle from 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. This is what uh, Dallas Willard said. You know, in the moment we want to make decisions that Christ would make. And yet we refuse to live the way of life that he lived. That supported, you know, in the moment, in the crisis... Uh, it's the, the everyday disciplines that, that help us get there. It's like the lousy batsman right now. You know, they're seeing the ball. You know, they know where the ball is and they hit it. It looks so natural. So, but you can imagine sort of me going down to the Adelaide Oval and thinking just with willpower, just with positive thinking, I'm going to hit this ball for a six. You know, it's going to go straight through and hit the stumps or whatever. Because it's not enough to be committed in the moment. They live a whole way of life. They have disciplines, they have a pattern of life that supports them in that moment of crisis of being able to hit that ball. Uh, same with um, spiritual disciplines. What works for me? Daily, I do prayer walks. Um, look down near Blackburn Lake, so, well, it's 20 minutes away. Study the scriptures. I do some journaling. I'm a bit rusty on journaling at the moment, but I'm getting back into it. And that's just a paragraph or two. Weekly, uh, I'm involved in a local church, so we worship together. I confess my sins and with two other guys. We meet at uh, Forgive Us, but there's nowhere else open at 6.30 on Friday morning. So we meet at McDonald's and um, we drink their awful coffee and stuff and confess our sins. So whatever it is, you know, how am I doing with anger? You know, how am I doing my relationship with my kids, with my wife? How am I handling my money? Every week. It's very repetitive, but it keeps me out of trouble. 
And um, so I have a place to go when I'm in trouble. And uh, they do too. It's great. Uh, and uh, once we're, this is the intercession group, once we're finished confessing our sins, we hop in the car, we go down to Jell's Park and we walk around for about 45 minutes through this and we're praying that, that uh, for our ministry, for Australia, for wherever we are in the world. And we do that every, uh, every Friday morning. It's a discipline, but it's a lot of fun too, uh, doing that sort of stuff. Monthly, as a team, sharing, we get together to worship, to share our lives together. I'm involved in um, spiritual direction, uh, just finished the Ignatian spiritual exercises over the last 30 weeks, and it's changed my life. Um, now, they're the things that are working for me. Just take a moment right now, what works for you? Uh, don't do the groups of three, just write them down. Two or three things, spiritual disciplines that have served you well. Just write them down on a bit of paper. There are different ways in which we, each of us, cultivate our relationship with God. One of the best things we can do is get more of what works well. In other words, if I sit down and pray, I fall asleep. My mind wants. If I walk and pray, I pray. So what do I need more of? I need to go walking more often. Okay? It might be for you what really works well for me is uh, once a month I just try and get a night at home, shut everything out, and I do this. Or, gee, years ago I had a spiritual director and that worked well. So the question is, as you look down that list, how could you get more of what works for you? Just turn to the person next door and answer that question. How could you get more of what works well for you in cultivating your relationship with God? The other question I'd ask uh, for you to just think about on your own is what new spiritual discipline could you build into your life this year? And by that I mean, let's go with 2005. It might be, I've never journaled, I'm going to give it a go. It might be, I've never been in an accountability group, I've never had a spiritual director. I've just, as I said, done the Ignatian spiritual exercises and that was my new thing for this year. So you need crisis, you need process. Just take a moment to answer that question on your own. What new spiritual discipline could I build into my life in the coming year? So you need both. It's like a two prongs or two, two blades of a scissor. Crisis, the process. And I'm serious. Most of my life, Al knows me well, I've spent in crisis. And just how I got to know God. Like my life would fall apart and I'd pursue God and He'd get me out of a mess. And uh, uh, the last five or six years have been about you've got to build a way of life that supports that. But guess what? You still come back to the crisis issues. No matter what you're responsible for, what you're doing in ministry, it's, it's again and again and again. We've built the ark and it's not raining. We've done our part, and uh, where, when is God going to show up and advance this thing? You might be running a youth group, you might be running a church, you might be running a mission agency, you might be principal at BCV. Uh, this is just a, it's just bread and butter. All the great founders of dynamic movements were people who were surrendered and who then aligned their lives and how they lived their lives with cultivating their life in God. And then they came back again and again and again to that point of crisis and surrender. There's no way, this is, until Jesus comes back, this is what it looks like. 
and uh, read a bit of John Piper because you'll discover it's not just about the, you know, I, most of my life I thought it was about, you know, obedience and I'm surrendered and it's no longer me but him and I've got to be disciplined and John Piper for me just opened my eyes, you know. We, we you know, mission exists because worship, worship doesn't. Worship of God from the heart is the goal and fuel of missions. Now, we're, our calling is to turn people into white, hot lovers of God. I mean, He is worth it. You think about it, He is good. And somehow that's got to grip out. Whatever cause, whatever part of the kingdom He's given us to sort of champion, this, this is the heart of it. Something's got to transform us. And then we've got to come back and dig that well again. And again, and again, and again. To the point where, you know, even if the cause suffers, you know, I am fulfilled in who he is. And I'm slowly, I'm about 48 now, and I'm at a point in my life where I'm coming to that point. I reckon it's taken me 48 years to get there, but it's a good place to be. And uh, he's good. And uh, this is what, you know, it's people's lives that have been transformed. They are the people who transform the world. It's, I just had to preach a little, you know. Why not?